welcome to the Gazette's Fact Checker podcast. You know, it's been a it's been a crazy week. We've got, uh, but we're carving out some time to talk about uh, fact checking today from our storm coverage. Um, I'm Erin Jordan. I'm the Gazette's investigative reporter. I'm Michaela Ram. I cover healthcare. I'm John Steppy. I cover business. I'm Marissa Payne. I cover the city of Cedar Rapids. So we are your fact checker team. And today um, we are checking an ad that started running in July. Um, it's There's a couple that are similar to this, but this one's called the 911 call. It's from President Donald Trump um, from his reelection campaign. And this is a really um, powerful ad. And let me just start by saying that my kids have seen this ad numerous times because it runs on YouTube all the time. And in fact, we were in the car and they said something about Joe, Joe Biden defunding the police. I said, where did, you, where did you hear that? And they said, oh, it's from this ad that's on YouTube. And you know, the powerful images in this ad make it um, one that we really felt we, we should and we definitely wanted to check. So the ad starts with a dial tone and <clears throat> what kind of what follows is a woman's voice who kind of purports to be a 911 dispatcher um, who's unable to answer the phone. And so she says, due to defunding of the police department, no one is available to take your call. Um, so then the visuals in the ad show they're kind of go back and forth between uh, violent images like people beating windows with baseball bats and, um, you know, people grabbing other people forcibly. And then there's images of the Black Lives Matter protests and people holding up signs saying defund the police. Um, so there's there's some claims in the ad that were not, that didn't meet the fact checkers requirements for verifiability. But the ones that we are checking are Joe Biden supporters are fighting to defund the police. Violent crime has exploded. And our estimated wait time is currently five days. Um, so just getting at that first claim, Joe Biden supporters are fighting to defund police departments. And this ad, I think, comes after other statements Trump had made where he inaccurately said that Biden himself favors defunding police. Um, and there was a really noteworthy interview with Chris Wallace from Fox News um, where Wallace kind of calls him on that and said that Biden did not support, you know, defunding police. And then they kind of go back and forth there. So I think that claim has been debunked. Um, but this claim in this 911 call ad says that his supporters are fighting to defund police departments. And the sourcing within the ad itself points to um, a Fox News story from June 6th saying that um, U.S. Rep. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York supports shifting money from the New York Police Department. Um, and she is a Biden supporter. She's going to be serving on his climate policy panel. So that's, you know, one um, very vocal supporter of Biden um, who is, you know, has been working to shift money from police departments. Another one is John Legend, a musician. He's, he's helped, or he's kind of performed at a digital fundraiser for Biden. And he says he supports reducing funding for police in favor of hiring more social workers, drug treatment specialists, or people, you know, conflict resolution people. Um, so, you know, there's some noteworthy people who do support defunding police and have been um, vocal about it. Um, there, there was a survey done in June by the Pew Research Center 
of Americans asking them a number of questions, including whether police departments should be, whether funding to police departments should be decreased. And um, only about one quarter of the 4,700 people surveyed said funding should be decreased. So three quarters said police budgets should stay the same or be increased. Um, so among the people who support cutting police funding, it was higher among Democrats than Republicans in the survey, but still overall very low. So when I was looking at this claim, Joe Biden's supporters are fighting to defund police departments. Um, I think defund is also a word that has, you know, some people have different interpretations of it. Um, it could, some people might take it to mean completely eliminating funding for police, which would, um, you know, close police departments. Um, others, you know, John Legend says what he believes is shifting some of that money from police departments. And I think that's what um, AOC has said as well. Um, but it, it kind of depends on how you're interpreting that. So I, I gave Trump on this claim, I gave him a C because I felt like there, there are some supporters, Biden supporters, who um, want to shift money away from police. Uh, however, it's far from being the majority of Biden supporters as that Pew survey showed. And, um, you know, defunding, it, it may present the image of like a total defunding of police departments. And that's not what these, most of these folks are advocating for. So that one claim, I gave him a C. Um, the second claim is about violent crime exploding. Um, so the Trump campaign cites a June 24th story by ABC News that talks about the Police Executive Research Forum. And they did a, a study of four major US cities, Indianapolis, Milwaukee, New York, and Las Vegas. And crime had spiked in those cities since the COVID-19 pandemic. And anecdotally, some law enforcement officers in the article attributed it to um, some inmates being released from prisons because of the outbreak and the and the concern about uh, COVID kind of spreading rampantly in law enforcement or in prisons and jails. Um, but there, there was another analysis that was done by David Abrams, who's a University of Pennsylvania law and economics professor, and he looked at 25 U.S. cities. And in these cities, he found that crime overall has fallen since COVID-19, and this includes violent crime. Um, but one, some exceptions in some cities, it says a few cities, including Chicago, Houston, Fresno, have seen, seen increases in murders and shootings. And um, the Gazette has studied this a little bit for Cedar Rapids. So Gazette reporter Kat Russell had um, found by talking to the police that so the number of homicides and shots fired incidents by late July were already higher than all of 2019 in Cedar Rapids. Um, of the 105 shootings by July 28th, 36 incidents had ended in injury or death. Um, so, you know, the uh, police spokesman said that there had been um, that, you know, that there's typically a seasonal increase in crimes during the summer, and then that had been coupled with coronavirus and civil unrest, is what he had said. Um, so I also gave Trump a C on this because there were some things that were true. There are some increases in shootings and murders in some cities, including Cedar Rapids. But for violent crime overall, according to some of these other reviews and just crime in general, that crime is down. 
So I, I felt like that was kind of a split on that one. Um, for the last claim, this is one that I was, I was on the fence a little bit about checking. It says our estimated wait time is currently five days. This is again that um, kind of uh, purported 911 dispatcher. And it's at the very end of the ad and it kind of leaves you hanging there and there's no sourcing provided in the ad. And I'll just you know, add here that I reached out to the Trump campaign and the GOP and didn't receive additional feedback about sourcing. So I, what, what I did with this is I reached out to the Bureau of Justice Statistics, and this is a federal agency that tracks criminal justice data. Um, and uh, some of our IT folks at the Gazette helped me pull down a massive data set that includes one of, one of the question where they asked crime victims how long it took for police to respond. So in 2017, 40% um, of the 2,700 respondents said police got back to their call within 10 minutes. Um, for another 40%, police response time was 11 minutes to one hour. Only 2% of crime victims surveyed said police took longer than one day to get back to them. So I gave Trump um, an F on this because it, I think they considered it kind of like a throwaway at the end, like, well, this isn't worth fact checking or, you know, I, I don't know exactly, but I think it was just so dramatic. It, it, you know, with them putting a specific number on it, five days, it made me think, oh, is this a real number out there? And it turns out it's not. So um, I, I gave them an F on that last claim. So overall, um, with two C's and an F, I gave them a D for the, for the ad overall. So I really am interested to hear what you guys think. Yeah, um, well, if that works, uh, maybe we could kind of go back to the first claim. Um, but I mean, I guess this kind of, my, my thoughts on this kind of apply to the, the whole ad, but I, I wonder if it's worth kind of talking a little bit more about what defund means when it comes to police. I know you kind of mentioned the article that when John Legend, uh, one of Joe Biden's supporters talks about it, he's talking about shifting money from police departments in favor of hiring social workers, uh, drug treatment programs, um, things of that nature, in, in the sense that it would take those duties away from the police. Um, and not necessarily, my, my understanding of it is when necessarily eliminate police departments altogether, but rather kind of shift responsibility. So I wonder if it's worth kind of getting into that, because I think it really, this ad really plays off of that, maybe, um, you know, that understanding that some people hold that defund the police means we're eliminating police departments altogether. Um, so I wonder if it would be worth kind of diving into that more, just because if you look at it in that sense, then I mean, I, I don't really see how they're working to eliminate police departments. They're more working to kind of shift funding that is given to police departments instead. So maybe the idea that um, there would still be a response to 911 calls, you know, maybe if like you're calling in a mental health um, emergency in your family, there would still be a response, but it might not be from a police officer as we know it. Right, exactly. It would be from somebody who is better equipped to handle someone who is suicidal or someone who is having an overdose. Um, that's my understanding of it. I, I don't know if Joe Biden's campaign has come out with any sort of policy plan or his supporters have come out with any sort of particular policy they would like to see around this. But I wonder if it's worth kind of digging into that a little bit more about what does this mean when you say you want to defend the police? 
I agree. And I think a big piece of that too is the ad kind of came away with this thought of, okay, if grandma has an intruder and she calls 911, there isn't going to be anybody left. And I mean, that's not what they mean by defund the police. So I definitely agree if there's a little more explanation of, okay, what are they actually talking about with defund? That could be really helpful. Yeah, I think that sounds good. I think um, that grandma ad is a companion ad to this one. There's no grandma in this one, but I think my kids saw the grandma ad. So that one is also getting a lot of rotation. Yeah. Um, And just to jump in on like what Michaela said about exploring the meaning of defunding the police. um, I mean, just here in Iowa City, after all the protests following George Floyd's uh, killing in Minneapolis police custody this summer, um, you know, a lot of people on social media, especially those from marginalized communities were were like, yes, like we do mean defund the police, like get rid of the police departments. We don't need them. you know, because for for so many, the police are seen as a, a negative force that, you know, has um, killed people of color at disproportional rates. So, um, but, you know, a lot of the people here in Iowa City aren't even Joe Biden supporters. They supported more progressive candidates and are now, like, maybe reluctantly getting behind Joe Biden because he's the Democratic nominee. Um so yeah, also just considering that, um, you know, the difference in how this impacts minor, minority communities. Yeah, that is a really good point to bring up that like, even though like the defund the police may not have huge support, there are groups of people within that who are actually supporting closing to police departments. Right. That's where I didn't want to diminish that because I think that there are people and um, I mean, even in Minneapolis, aren't they like didn't they vote to disband the police department? I mean, they're doing some significant changes there. So, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's worthwhile to maybe give that a little more space in the story. So that's good feedback. Does that Especially, change your vote on, or, you know, I mean like that claim, that specific claim I gave a C. Yeah, I agree with that. I would too. Okay. All right. What do you think about the violent crime has exploded? Are you okay with the C on that point? Yeah, so I had questions about this. Um, it, it seemed in the ad that he was attributing the increase in crime to the sort of civil unrest that's happening right now with the police brutality protests and, and, and um, everything in that nature. He seems to be attributing the crime increase to that, but based on what we've heard from the Cedar Rapids police, they seem to be attributing you know, kind of the state of the economy and and the way thing, the way the pandemic has sort of driven people into their homes and close to each other. Um, But I, so I wonder if it's kind of worth um, asking that question. Well, Greg Bulow does say um, he feels like the increase is due to, it says coupled with coronavirus and civil unrest. So he makes some mention to it, but um, that's a good point. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I think it's really hard to know, you know, always why the causes of things, you know. Um, but but I think it's worthwhile because there is such an uh, emphasis in the ad of showing these really strong images of the protests that there's not a clear link between like Black Lives Matter protests 
um, or request to defund the police and um, this increase in um, in um, some in shootings and stuff in so I, I think that maybe a, an additional sentence there would be would be appropriate. Yeah, that had just sort of been my thought about that. But yeah, I mean, I think they do all tie together in just that, well, if you defund the police and we already have this this trend of crime increasing, you know, what does that ultimately mean for everyone? I, I do think that is. And I agree with the, the C on this grade. I agree as well. Okay. Um, what about the last one? Estimated wait time currently five days. I mean, that was probably the claim that I felt strongest about checking that was the first of the three claims i checked and i was glad i did because it took a while to get that data but um that i mean it's just like you can't just say something and just think like oh they'll know that it's not really a specific claim i don't know i just i don't know and did not have any usually there's at least some type of well if you look at this I mean article here I mean, there's some paragraph in it that you can maybe contort into that. When they didn't even have anything, I mean, that almost came off as they even know it. Yeah, yeah. this almost came off as like, in a worst case scenario, this is what we had envisioned for this future if this policy were to go into place, or if you don't have the police departments anymore. Um, it almost kind of seemed like it was sort of playing off of people's fear. Oh, totally. That's what the whole ad is. Yeah, I for mean, sure. And I think that last part came off stronger than the other two as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting because there's been a lot of talk about fear mongering with um, coronavirus, um, with Republicans saying that, you know, the media is fear mongering. And I think there was even an accusation from Governor Kim Reynolds to the media about that at a news conference last week. And I, I feel like this ad is really fear-mongering, which I think, which is part of the reason I think it's important for us to check it. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Are you guys, are, do you feel like a D overall for the ad is appropriate? I yeah. think so. Um, I think that, I mean, the strongest one that came across to me is that last part. So, I mean, it did have some, I mean, they had some reasons for the first two, but then that last one that kind of was completely out of left field, that just seemed to be the powerful message that, I mean, people are going to, I mean, think that, okay, on January 20th, they're not going to be able to call the police. Um, and I mean, they're not safe and who knows what's going to happen. And I mean, the essence of that is just not true. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think just like sort of kind of pulling on people's worst fears or sort of like pointing to possible worst case scenario. Um, I think that definitely would drive the overall grade down for me. And I think, you know, given the fact that there are kernels of truths in the first two claims, I do think that it, it makes it deep material for me. Okay. Yeah, that was kind of my feeling too, that um, there was enough there that had some, uh, you know, had some basis of fact that it didn't, wasn't a complete F, but, but yeah, I mean, 
And another thing just about the tone of this ad, you know, like I've heard people say um, when they're talking about media literacy that like an ad, if an ad or something else makes you feel really emotional, you should avoid sharing it immediately until you've checked it out. Um, you know, I've heard them talking about doing some lateral research where you try to look at similar articles about the same topic just to see if that first thing you saw is, is accurate or not. Um, I, I really would encourage listeners or, and readers to, if you encounter something like this that makes you feel scared or makes you feel um, angry or emotional, just to kind of pause and consider whether it's, um, it's accurate or not. And maybe, maybe send it to the fact checker and we can pursue it. Subtle plug yeah. there. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like we're seeing that in real time right now with this like hashtag save the children that's been circulating on social media. I've only kind of seen a, a few of my Facebook friends sharing it. But then suddenly later that day, I started seeing national reports about how, you know, QAnon conspiracy theories have sort of hijacked this hashtag to kind of tout, you know, falsehoods. Um, so it's kind of interesting how it's a, you know, a movement that would kind of incite that emotion and like, yeah, we have to save our children. But like, really what is the truth kind of behind this right right yeah i hadn't seen that one yet it's interesting so. if i'll be looking it up when we get off the, <laughs> when we get off the pod here there goes Aaron's um, productivity for the rest of the day. <laughs> right thanks michaela going down the rabbit hole of wikipedia today <laughs> well we had talked a little bit about um what we might have coming for next week um John, I think you found this claim. I don't know if you feel like mm -hmm. talking about it briefly. Sure. So the Iowa Farmers Union, it was, I believe, a couple weeks back, as I'm looking through my notes here, um, had an ad that came out and it was um, saying basically that Joni Ernst has been supporting um, fossil fuels and wrote a letter, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong here, but um, had an ad where, um, I mean, had a letter asking for more fossil fuel support and then that resulting in a huge amount of money going to fossil fuel companies with the insinuation that that's bad for Iowa because now what are the ethanol producers across the state going to do? Yeah, that's definitely the gist of that ad or that, just that message from the Iowa Farmers Union. So I think that would be a good one to check. Are you guys on board with checking that for next week? Sounds good. Yeah. And when I say you guys, does that mean, John, you have time to research it? <laughs> I guess that does. <laughs> It'll be exciting. You'll get to host the podcast then next yes. week. That'll be That'll be my first hosting of a podcast since joining the fact checking team. Your debut, so to speak. Right. Well, and you know, things are, things are fluid with our coverage of the storm and its aftermath and you've been very busy too. So we can, we can be flexible, but uh, okay. Great. that'll be our, that'll be our tentative plan. Okay. Well, we are going to wrap up here because all of us have um, coverage, have stuff we need to um, write about for today or for the weekend's gazettes. So um, the Fact Checker podcast is produced by Stephen Colbert and our print pieces are edited by Craig Jamulas. Our music is Lobby Time by Kevin McLeod. 
Thanks to Marissa, John, and Michaela for making time today to talk fact-checking and to our listeners for caring about the facts. So until next week, we'll check you later. That was a good way to wrap it up. Yeah. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.